0: Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. Graham loves design and has a knack for making spaces interesting. Kirsten
1: loves color and never met a DIY project she didn't like.
0: We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real-life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick
1: with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it.
0: For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. Welcome home. Hello, welcome to episode 66 of the Home Hour, which which is also kind of episode one of the new, the newly relaunched Home Hour. Um, I'm Kirsten and I'm Graham. Hi, everyone. This is so exciting. It's day one. It is. It's so exciting. So if you're wondering what the heck is going on with this new Home Hour relaunch, um, my best advice would be to go back and listen to episode 65, and that is where Mer- Megan and Sarah explain all of this and um, explain the relaunch and what's going on with Life listen Network, which is all very exciting stuff, and they also kind of introduced Graham and I, and we did um, some fun... Q&A with Sarah and kind of learned a little bit more about us and about our homes. But um, just a quick introduction, not to totally rehash all of episode 65, but um, my name is Kirsten and I have three children who are age nine, six, and four. And I live in Phoenix, Arizona. And I live in a house that we gutted and And rebuilt uh, just a few years ago. And I love DIY. I fail at it more than I succeed, but I kind of can't say no. Um, And I love color. And I love furniture. And I love... Oh, I just love it all. I love talking about this stuff, and I'm so
1: excited to get to do it with Graham. Well, that's great. And we just are thinking that this show is going to talk about our homes, the spaces that we spend so much time in every day, and really just how to make the most out of our time in our homes, make our families feel welcome, make our guests feel welcome, make our children feel welcome. And truthfully, how do we feel welcome as moms? I'm assuming most of our listeners are moms or spend a lot of time in homes and so just to repeat again i'm graham i have two boys ages almost seven and three and a half i grew up in long island new york but we've lived my husband and i have lived all over the east coast including we did five years in dc which we absolutely loved but we about four years ago, moved back to Alabama, where we left a cramped, tiny space in DC with one child at that time. We moved to Alabama and we said, if we're moving to Alabama, which is where my husband's from, we're going to buy the biggest house we can find as quickly as we can find it. So we have a house that I'm trying to fill it, do lots of projects, home projects, one at a time, and just really kind of take my time, do things correctly and put a home together. So that's a little bit about us, but we wanna really get started with kind of what's going on in our world and where we stand so you can see what our launching point is.
0: What's going on with you this week then? What is? Okay, so let's just
1: dive right in. My husband Harrison is an attorney and he has been in Dallas for the past three days. And so I don't know if you know how excited that makes me, but when I think of spousal work travel, I think of fried egg sandwiches and Chardonnay. Because every night that he's gone, I get to eat egg sandwiches and pour myself a glass of white wine and the kids can have chicken nuggets or quesadillas made in the microwave. And I certainly miss him and wish he was home, but I also love the fact that things can be a little more simple we can operate on our own schedule so he's coming home tonight and we'll start back with the routine maybe tomorrow and school's winding down everything's kind of coming to a close so there's all those meetings and just kind of last hurrahs for everything until summertime in a few weeks what's going on with you kirsten i know no, my husband's been
0: traveling a ton too, and I know, it's it's such a double-edged sword. I miss him. Our schedule gets crazy. My kids get crazy. We watch so much TV. We eat so much Costco pizza, um, but I mean, I catch up on so many things that I've needed to, to get done. It's I know. I miss him though. Um, but yeah, so what's going on in my world? So I don't want to talk too, too much about what's going on in my world because in about two weeks, we're going to be doing a whole show on entertaining because that's one of our favorite things to do, both of us in our homes, although we entertain in very different ways so it'll be fun to talk about that a little bit more in an upcoming show but without getting too too into it we're hosting a party this saturday for um about 400 people the street That's is being ridiculous. closed down um, yeah and and just kind of so I'm, I'm just running back and forth to party city and uh and getting ready for that so it's you know and of course you do all the preparation for your house when you when you host a big party like that but this is the biggest party we've ever hosted um and Adults and, and children, right? yeah yes, yes. Half the height. It's probably about like 100 families. So I'm, I'm coming up
1: with 400 people-ish. And so we'll be discussing yeah. that on an upcoming yeah. episode so if you're of our 15, show. You
0: can come. There's really not invitations at this point. But <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, you don't know where I live. Uh, well, I wouldn't even notice if you were there. But anyway, it's going to be fun. But that's so I'm not going to talk too much about that. But that is that is what is keeping me busy right now. And of course. Always before I have a party, I always decide it's a great time to do another DIY project right before. So I'm actually covered in green paint, and we'll talk about more and more about that on another episode. Genius! It's amazing that you get somehow get paint on your elbows, but we'll get into that later. Um, but anyway, what is going on today is it is the it's our first episode, but it's the second Thursday of the month. And what we would like to do is every Thursday, every episode, have a different segment. Um, that would repeat monthly and since the second thursday of the month we get to talk about one of my favorite topics is getting gracious with graham graham has so many wonderful tips is so good at entertaining so good at all that stuff she's like the emily post that i get to call and have on speed dial so um graham let's take it away All
1: right, dum-dum-dum, it's time for Thursday's edition of Getting... We're going to get you gracious, gracious bump music. We'll work on that. I don't even know what that is. Um, But yeah, Getting Gracious with Graham. So just background, ever since I was little, I loved reading etiquette books. I just, I read them the way some people read biographies. I just liked it. I liked not to be better than anyone else, not to be snooty. I always found a lot of comfort in reading about manners. I always, I also liked the historical portion of things, where, you know, everything or a lot of things that we do today have some sort of structural meaning, or they had meaning a long time ago when they were started. So, I really think there's you just would two love ways. The military, by the way, You would have really <laughs> love that.
0: <laughs> I do like there's order so and structure. Much of that that's I do you're right I I do there's so many like random
1: things they do like why they fold the flag this way why we do this at this military event yeah you would right but it's sharp and it's interesting to know and that's the thing I think that we kind of live in an age or we all say maybe we live in an age where it's like oh manners manners are going by the wayside so um, I'm not really sure if that's true I think manners just evolve over time but I like the idea of kind of etiquette and manners and creating gracious homes because I think the overarching theme and the overarching thing to always remember is that the reason that we have etiquette and or manners is purely to make others feel comfortable. And I think if that's the guiding principle that you kind of know what to do in a situation, it makes people feel comfortable, right? Like think every time you walk into a room or a new place, I mean, I think about it the best way is I never know what to do with my hands, right? I feel like I'm just always like wanting to put myself up against a wall and hide my hands somewhere. And it would be like, if I had pockets and I could just put my hands in my pockets, things would be great. It's kind of that way with manners. Like if you know what to do, it kind of takes a little bit of the edge off when you're entering a new social situation, et cetera. Okay, so I'm gonna dive right into it. This is fun, this is random, but Kirsten, I'm gonna ask you a little quiz question just to kind of see where you stand for the day. Kirsten throws a lot of gorgeous parties. She throws a lot of formal dinner parties. And Kirsten, when you set your table for one of your elegant dinner parties, do you like to use, do you like to use oh sorry one second, um Pardon me, napkin rings when you entertain? I'm scared to answer it. You, like, what if I'm wrong? When you there's no Wait, there's never a wrong a, answer. Okay. There's not a wrong answer. Oh. Do you put out napkin rings with your beautiful like linen napkin napkins? Rings. I really <clears> wrong. You're wrong. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, you're you're not wrong at all. You're not, but I did think this is kind of interesting about where napkin rings came from and how we use them in entertaining today because they're completely used differently than they used to be. So I'm sure many of us have, you know, fun and funky napkin rings that we use with linen napkins and even paper napkins. but. In the 1800s, when napkin rings were invented and first came out, they were used because people didn't wash their napkins every single day, right? I mean, right now, we and you would never see a napkin ring at a formal dinner party because, of course, the presumption would be that you were gonna give clean linens to your guests, right? So it's kind of almost interesting that today we put out these beautiful sterling silver napkin rings for only our most formal events. What they were traditionally used for was that everyone would have their own napkin ring, kind of every family member. And that's why you have different designs on the Sterling napkin rings. You know, sometimes you might have a number or you might have an initial. And they were typically given out at christenings or weddings or special events. And you just keep your napkin on your table and everyone would know which place was theirs, which napkin ring was theirs. And at the end of the meal, they'd fold up their napkin and, um, you know, Put it back in their napkin put it ring. In their ring.
0: Okay, that is okay, one, and when I went to know when they come to my house for dinner, I've washed the napkins. And also I have three children. So the idea of me using cloth napkins, I actually have, okay, I've got to put two things in the show notes. I have the world's best paper napkins that say, what did you expect? Linen. And so that's usually what is being served as paper napkins. However, yes, when I do use my cloth napkins, I do wash them. Just everyone who should know that. Um, but that is fascinating because I have a couple of antique napkin rings, and they you're right, they have monograms on them. And yeah, just, and that's it, what they were for. It was like you the need, whole family. Oh, that is really interesting. Everyone had their um, well, can that's I the thing. just Yeah. Well, can I also just for fun put my favorite napkin rings in the show notes because they're so pretty and I've literally used them once because they're like I just never have a dinner party that's that's worthy of these napkin rings. Yeah, yeah. do it. I mean,
1: napkin it's rings are so summer. gorgeous, but that's the thing. Sterling and bone and all these amazing collections that our grandmothers and great-grandmothers have passed down to us are really, they were more commonplace a long time ago. And so napkin rings were not really put on a formal table. I kind of like the idea of folding napkins into swans. I wish someone would bring that back into style. Um, but Kirsten, you've done a good job failing my first greeting Gracious with Graham um, test. No, there's no such thing as failing in etiquette. Well, that's not hundred percent true but um they
0: did fold the napkins into into swans on the disney cruise and yes i'm gonna find a way to bring up how much i love the disney cruise on every episode um they do do that and then also graham i actually think that would be kind of a cool green thing to bring back if it's like just your family to use a cloth napkin
1: and just be like we're using it all day well, okay, so to add to that, I, grew, I did grow up with that to an extent. I remember my grandparents in South Carolina, they did not, um, you know, that's how it works. You know, we had a big lunch when we'd go visit them. Lunch was the main meal, and they would keep the napkins on the table. I mean, of course, if you had ketchup all over it or something really gross, but you would keep your napkin on the table. And here's the parallel to that, because people might be saying, that's disgusting. You know, this is the new world. We have washer dryers. Okay, I ask you this point. Do you change your bed sheets every day? No, you don't. Some people might think that's no. disgusting, that we sleep in the same bed sheets, uh, you know, for maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month at a time, if you're me. But
0: Well, I also feel like I throw away napkins that are barely used, so it's not like it's back gross, but especially right. if it's your own. Like, I'm okay. wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use my kids after me. That'd be disgusting. But anyway, we um, we have got to get to today's topic,
1: because... We do, um, because that's the ty- that's the main part we of our show. we've a big one today. Yeah, and today is kind of meeting our kitchens because Kirsten and I really thought, what is the heart of our home? Where do we spend most of our time? And the truth is, is we want you as our listener to get to know what our kitchens are like, but also I'm in trouble and Kirsten is great at design and just did a massive kitchen remodel and painstakingly paid attention to every detail. And I am hopefully on the cusp of a kitchen design. And the person that I'm working with has just said, put your ideas together and I don't know if I even have all the ideas that I need to be together so Kirsten can you give me any suggestions what would you do what was a mistake
0: I can talk about kitchens for the next seven hours but we won't but I can um yes I I did remodel my kitchen four years ago we completely gutted it we started pretty much from scratch I couldn't move the placement of the kitchen in the house, that was set, but pretty much everything else was completely redone. Um cabinets, appliances, flooring, ceiling, everything. Um so yes, I have thought about these things more than the average person should. Um and and uh, you know, the other thing is the things I love I get to look at every day and say, Oh, I love that. I still love that. And the things that were mistakes I also have to deal with every day because as you said, it's it's such a cliche. The kitchen is the heart of the home. But you know what? It's a cliche for a reason. It's it it is. It's where Um, It's where we live. It is the most, sometimes it's the most beautiful room in a a house, often it is, but it's also the most utilitarian room. I mean, it is where we live. Um, So I think, obviously, you should be looking at a ton of pictures, be ripping things out of magazines. I love house.com. I'm obsessed with Pinterest. We all know this. We all are. Um, But... Uh, the other th- but you can't just be focused on the looks you have to really my first mm-hmm. tip would be to walk through a day in the life of you and your kitchen and really see all the touch points you have with your kitchen and and all the different things it functions as you know for me it is when I wake up in the morning first stop go to the Keurig get my coffee first stop is the kitchen um mm-hmm. You know, it's where in the morning my kids eat and my husband eat breakfast at the kitchen bar. It's where it's their launch pad for the day. That's where I'm going through their folders, checking their homework, packing their lunches. We're having our morning talks. I mean, that is the last, that is where they send them off. And then likewise, when they come home, that is where everyone just, that's the drop zone. Everyone throws their backpacks. It's where we sit down. It's where they do their homework while I'm unpacking their bags. I mean it's where it's just and and this i mean this is probably very similar to most people especially people with young children so it's my office you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where the where i am in the house when the phone rings like i head to the kitchen and i grab a piece of paper i head to the kitchen because my lap my laptop is charging in there you know um Mm -hmm. it's i've tried i've really tried like intentionally to like set up a desk in another place. And then I just move all my folders from the desk to the kitchen, you know? So
1: I so you've know got the mail around. there, you're dropping everything there.
0: It's to- it totally is. And I, and I constantly reorganizing, trying to make it more of an office because I think that was my biggest mistake was I, well, well, to be fair, I did build an office and it got ripped out to build A staircase, which is a whole other story. Um, but I, but then I lost my office and I realized that was really crucial. So, so I think it's really just realizing, you know, how, how much time you spend in your, in your kitchen and, um, and what the day, I mean,
1: what's, is that, is that similar to you? Is that, your day in your kitchen oh yeah totally I mean we just got two kittens last week so you know the first thing I'm doing is I'm opening we have kind of a swing we have two doors that lead in well we actually have four doors that lead into our kitchen but we have two doors from the inside that lead in and I'm swinging it open and instantly I'm being bombarded by two kittens who need food I'm packing lunches and making coffee and my husband wants a smoothie in the morning and so I feel like every morning I kind of start my day with a big bang and um, just take off from there it really really to describe it, there's nothing fancy to my kitchen, linoleum floors, beige walls, definitely big box store cabinetry, uh, dark granite uh, kitchen counters. It's just, it's not necessarily a peaceful space. It's not necessarily a relaxing space. And I think that I could use some help as far as um, really just kind of kicking it up a notch, but then I'm also really wary. And I would like your opinion on this. I feel today as if kitchen design almost has become this, the palace, right? It's the show- piece of the house. But the truth is, is my kitchen's messy. If you watch me cook, I'm messy when I cook. I drop things on the floor. Our floors are disgusting nine times out of 10. Um, And, you know, it just, it strikes me as kind of off balance. That kitchens are s- supposed to be these beautiful, pristine rooms today, but they're also the most utilitarian rooms in the house. And it seems almost like this inner struggle that women have when you get one of these gorgeous kitchens—that you're trying to keep a room pretty. Like it's easy for me to keep my living room nice because nobody really goes into my living room, and it's so rare, right? So every now and then, you're I'll fluff the your pillows to act like an adult. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know? I mean, like, <laughs> right. Or when nice you need to hide. Kids. Right, but you're supposed to keep your kitchen looking so fabulous all the time, but that's the room that you, you know, you use so often and it's just um it almost seems like trying to, you know, I don't Yeah, know, like
0: make it something it's not.
1: Make it something it's not exactly. Right? So, right. no, yeah. no, no.
0: I I and that's that's why I'm getting back that's why it's yes, make it beautiful find out, like, this is the type of lighting I like, these are the colors are like, oh, isn't that an interesting backslash? Or, oh, no, that backslash is too interesting. I can't look at that for five years, you know, or 10 mm-hmm. years or 20 years. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, no, I think it's not just about what you like. It's about really recognizing how utilitarian it is and how you live. And I mean, for me, I, I did fall into that trap of like, let's have, well, first of all, I love like just clean counters and I don't like clutter. It just clutter drives mm-hmm. me bananas. So um, I was trying to make it this, um, everything is hidden and we don't live here. We just walk in it and then leave and that's not the reality. And one of the things I did was I um, I didn't put in a desk unit, huge mistakes. And I have this ugly table that's like a fake desk unit that doesn't match the cabinetry, which why didn't I just admit it? That's how I live. That is my office. No matter how much I don't want it to be, it is. And I also um, didn't want a bunch of papers. So... I took down the big um, bulletin board and got rid of it that was in my kitchen in my old house and I put up this beautiful piece of art. And that was such a mistake, because it was it was a lie, and the reality is I have three children, they come home and they get 100 on their spelling test or they get a citizenship award in class, and. They want to see it posted and you know i want to celebrate an accomplishment or my you know daughter does an art craft and finds in the trash 15 minutes later and just looks at me with the saddest puppy dog eyes like what wasn't beautiful so the reality mm-hmm. is i'm now every time i'm at home goods or there's a sale at ballard's i'm always looking for um, a big giant uh a giant corkboard because that's pretty enough for the kitchen but um because that that's like I'm a mother of small children. I just like my house. And I have a panel ready or fridge but it has panels on it. it's a paneled fridge. So it doesn't there's no magnets. You know what I mean? Like that magnet thing doesn't work on, on my fridge. So we have one in our laundry room, but that just doesn't I'm afraid it's like the kids the can't see yet. what they have. Well, that makes me think of... Yeah, I mean, you you go to all this, like, I'm so high design, I've got this beautiful paneled fridge, and then I end up having, like, masking tape art projects on it, or schedules when we have a sitter, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Wait, can I just tell one more story about admitting how you live, and a huge mistake I made in my kitchen? Okay, so, when we were modeling our kitchen, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I was just on this huge health kick that did not well you know me I mean I've had my my grind my own wheat phase and then I had my juicer phase and I go through all these phases free range chicken chicken phase phase yes this is a phase where I was going to be totally farm to table I was reading about this blogger and she was just you know she didn't have a microwave and I was like yes that's totally my new kitchen is going to be my fresh start where we don't need anything processed yeah right and um right like move-in week move-in week is a great time to stop eating convenience foods right so so and i'm losing my mind my family's starving and i'm like wait i know where there's like an old microwave like from my first apartment and i go in the garage and i get it and i set it on top of this counter because you know i did not put a microwave in my kitchen because i'm so farm to table and don't eat processed foods which is a lot but um so very very quickly uh I then I'm like, no, 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 I got it, I got it. So I put the microwave back in the garage. I literally would walk out to the garage and microwave things. I, I admit. It. And then finally, I just had to admit, listen, I made a design error. I believed I did not need a microwave. And so what I ended up doing was finding this tiny little microwave. I mean, if my house explodes, this is this is why. So I have my tiny little microwave hidden. Kirsten, sorry, interrupting. There's going
1: to be a lot of reasons why your house explodes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just blame that it on the microwave. so true that, that we probably yeah. shouldn't even be laughing. Unfortunately, that's I've that's seen your house.
0: The says... <laughs> The last words I said to my husband last night was, "said, are you sure carbon monoxide detectors are working?" And he just goes, "I think so." <laughs> and that—that's honestly how we end a lot of our days. <laughs> but, um, but anyhow, so I do have this tiny—I don't know if the ventilation's great—and my gummy bears are always a little too melted because they're stored right above the microwave. But you know, it's the price I paid for not admitting who I am, which is I'm a mom of three small children who's always late for Little League. Like, so where'd you put the microwave? microwave? Where's the microwave? It's in a ca- it's in a cabinet. Oh like with the snack food. And I, I drilled a tiny little hole out the back for the
1: cord, but it's hidden by it's hidden by the knife block, so you can't see it. But Outstanding. Um, I, I like it. So would you if you okay, so back to my dilemma if you're designing and, oh, a actually, kitchen. I did actually hide
0: I actually did hide cords in the that's not what happened. I hide, I, I, drilled a, I drilled a hole and then I, I drilled a hole and then I forgot that I had actually put an outlet in the cabinetry so that I didn't have to drill a hole because I thought I'd store my blender in there. But then I was overducing. But yeah, so that's another good tip. Hot, You can hide outlets in cabinets. That is
1: actually that's a very good tip. So where in a perfect world would you have put the microwave? Would you put it high? Because I feel like a lot of families I see today are putting them low, but then you think, okay, we've got small kids. So what do you think as far as microwave placement in a kitchen? High, low, counter, hidden, unhidden.
0: You know what, that's so funny because I do feel like everyone now has those um, those low microwaves, the under the counter microwaves. Like that's that all safe? I see anymore.
1: I guess yeah, it must could. be safe.
0: I mean, I guess it's safe, but you know, for me, um, I actually, okay, so funny, I actually have a friend who's redoing the kitchen right now. And that was one of her biggest things was she said, I have, cause I was, I was kind of showing her this microwave that's built in over the range or not over the range over the, um, oven. So it looks, you know, it's a high or whatever. And, and she said, no, 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 I have to have it under the counter because I want my kids to have access to it. Um, so they can make their own snacks. And that's just so funny because, again, getting back to who is your family and how do they live, my kids are such picky eaters. Mealtime is such a struggle that I'm really um, militant about snacking. And because if I let them snack, then it would be
1: even more of a, I, like, need them hungry for mealtime, you know? Conversely, over here in Alabama, um, my children are made of hummus and make your own cheese quesadillas. And I'm just thinking about today's morning, because sometimes we eat them for breakfast. Our morning... Um, experiment with quesadillas Patton, my four-year-old decided that once his quesadilla was ready from the microwave he opened it up and ours is up high right now and opened the door and tried to reach for the plate and all of a sudden the cheese quesadilla fell off the plate onto his face with the hot cheese (laughs) so maybe putting a microwave down low yeah he's fine he's he's very tough that little guy um but yeah maybe a low microwave isn't such a bad idea there's been a lot oh of hot God, food see, falling on our children's faces.
0: <laughs> see, that's, see, my son doesn't eat melted cheese, which is makes my life miserable. But we don't have melted cheese on our face, so. I don't know, kind what, of what child doesn't eat melted cheese? <laughs> uh, Mom, um, and it's that. Think, think. Stop for a minute and think. Mac and cheese, pizza, quesadillas, anything Mexican, anything Italian. Yeah, like this that's is why crazy. I need a microwave. Because guess what that leaves? Chicken nuggets. So
1: mm-hmm. there we go. Well, so... Anyhow. I guess, so you've answered my microwave question a little bit, but the next thing I'm thinking of is we like to have big parties. It sounds like you obviously like to have big parties at your house, but I'm also just trying to figure out, or at least start thinking about appliances and whether or not I feel like today you see doubles of everything. We do not have a double of anything. We have, I'm talking about refrigerators, dishwashers, double stove ovens. How do you feel about doubling? I feel like it seems very luxurious to have two of something
0: you're so right because I think growing up I had one friend whose mom had double dishwashers and it was like I never seen that and you're right you do see it all the time now um I did know someone who had a dishwasher in her in her like butler's pantry so it wasn't right in the kitchen and she would just use it for platters for like big entertaining um parties and uh and then it, they she would just put them away, you know, back in the pantry where she kept all those fancy platters. And, I mean, I guess that's nice because you, they do, you know, sometimes when you wash a platter, it sort of takes up, or a big salad bowl, it sort of takes up the entire dishwasher. So, I mean, that's, that's great for entertaining. Uh, I mean, me personally, my home is smaller. Um, we live in, like, a 1940s ranch that we converted, and it just wasn't that big of a house. So, uh, space is really, is a premium for me. I think that for the limited time I would use two dishwashers I'd rather have cabinetry you know what I mean I'd rather have storage for food um, like more pantry space, I, I wouldn't sacrifice the space. I think it's really, I think, you know, a lot of these things, it's like, yeah, why not? That'd be great. I, I mean, I wouldn't say two dishwashers would be a bad thing, but I think it really comes down to prioritizing,
1: you know? And this all is, I'm stuff. jumping in. This is, if we have any listeners, as this is our first show, I would love for someone to send us an email. Our email address is hello at the hourcom And let me know if you have two appliances or let Kirsten and I know how you would use two dishwashers. Because I feel like I'd be eating off of dirty dishes all the time. I feel like my husband would never know which one was clean, which one was dirty. We'd always be pulling it out. I'm so curious to know how it works in real life. Um, or if you have two refrigerators, if you find yourself drinking spoiled milk, like what's the protocol on the double appliance lifestyle? Right. I'd be thrilled to know. Yeah. Tell us yeah. because I, mean, I, I don't. I mean, think a lot
0: of people have that dishwasher or the, uh, the fridge like in another room um, and then just a giant fridge in there. I don't know. Fridge. I'm don't seeing know a that. lot of double fridges. You know what also would be a great question that I would love to hear from listeners is, um, is the wine fridge question. Because oh, I genius. Everybody put in a wine fridge, right? And you know what's mm-hmm. amazing is they actually make, if you're not doing like a full kitchen model, you're just doing a little update. Um, they make, you know, wine fridges that are the same size as those trash compactors. <laughs> so you can take out that trash compactor that never works and no one uses anymore and slip in a little wine fridge. But That's wine why they do is that. Is That's smart, Kirsten.
1: Kirsten. Well, I didn't think about that.
0: Well, well right. Well, I love the idea of a wine fridge because we have a party, your entire fridge is filled with wine and then you're like i don't have any more room but um we have a wine fridge it has never worked i go to so many people's wine fridges where they've taken out all those fancy wine um you know that kind of crookedy whatever you call it like the wine shelves and it's storing juice boxes i've Mm -hmm. seen people just with regular groceries in it i mean i want to know if wine fridges are something that are actually useful or just sound like they'd be useful i mean i just got to They sound fantastic, but I'm really, I don't know if the reality is the same. Oh, you know what's another thing we put in our house that we've actually already taken out? This is less than four years. It's gone. Oh, I think I know where you're going. What is it? Which sounded fantastic. You probably know because you probably hear me complaining about it constantly, Mm -hmm. but I did the dishwasher drawers. Oh, no, that's not what I was thinking of. Look oh yeah, yeah, the dishwasher drawers, which they look like a drawer. You know, they looked like two really large deep drawers and it was really um, pretty and it was kind of interesting. And the first couple times I pulled it out, I'm like, I am so fancy and this is so cool and cutting edge. And um, I would say if you are older or your kids are out of the house and you, or you barely cook, um, then, you know, maybe that's something you want to look at. But for a young family, uh, who is constantly eating, um, and constantly cooking. It was, it was really tough. Uh, we ran out of, we ran out of space in that dishwasher drawer, and I just felt like my whole life was because it was basically like cut your dishwasher in half, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're just, you're always washing dishes, unloading dishes. It was just,
1: maybe it's more for apartment style living or
0: something like that.
1: Uh, Yeah. Or yeah.
0: Or if you don't have kids or you're just, you eat out a lot more. I mean, it's cool. And then you can maybe even just do one of them, but, um, yeah, and I, I just, it's really hard. Maybe a vacation home where you're not cooking that much, but as a, as a working family kitchen, uh, that was not useful. So we came out, and we went to a, a Bosch and it was like half the price and twice as enjoyable, so.
1: I thought you were going to say your ice maker because I feel like every time I've spoken to you on the phone, you've got an ice maker repairman coming.
0: Oh, well, no, that's me. I know, and we have. We have invested so much in the ice making repair, but the guy told me that it wasn't broken. My machine is, uh, I'm going to pronounce this properly, a Leber. I called it, it Sounds very fancy. It's Leber. Um, so yeah, this guy came over here this really thick Brooklyn accent, and then all of a sudden he said Leber, and he's like Leber, and the problem is it's a, it's a German refrigerator brand, and finally mm-hmm. we just figured out that it is a lot hotter in Phoenix than it is in Germany, and we have a lot more need for ice, so it gotcha. wasn't broken, I just have excessive ice needs because it's right. crazy hot here
1: because it's hot so. right so everyone in Arizona has to have an ice maker I think it's kind of the same in Alabama that's why we probably are going to need to pony up and add an ice maker at some point um but I just yes well
0: well can can you talk talk- was part of my refrigerator I did have an ice maker in my last house okay. it's great I will we'll just tell you um kids, it's just, it is, it was, ours was under the counter, and my kids would always go in with their hands and grab ice, which was disgusting, and mm. it costs a lot of money. I didn't realize that, but operating an ice machine is surprisingly pricey, and maybe ours was an older model, but it is one thing to check out if you're trying to be um, wise with your, which you should, if you're building a oh, your house, usage? And why not try to get energy efficient? Um, so just double check on that. They've probably improved, but it's an interesting, an interesting thing
1: that you don't think about. And then again, how much money do I spend uh, on ice? (laughs) I think one thing to talk about too is in your remodel, you did some cool quirky things in your kitchen. And I maybe just want to steal some of those ideas or just hear a little more about them. Um, You had a few things that you did that weren't necessarily traditional that I think were also money saving ideas. And so do you want to kind of chat about those a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So nobody wants to be on a budget because it's
0: just so much fun to, have an endless budget. Um, but unfortunately there's realities. So, um, the budget actually became kind of a blessing in disguise because it forced me to be creative. You know, I mean, anyone can go out and buy the most beautiful, perfect pendant light, which I had my eye on for like two years. Um, and they were just so pricey in order to get the stove I wanted. I had to just move some things around. And so it forced me to be creative. So I'm going to put a show note in for the pendant that I wanted, which is beautiful, and maybe someday in some house I'll have it, but um, what I did was I found a pendant light. Our kitchen is a lot of brass and copper, and I found um, hanging cargo lights from a website called bigshipsalvage.com, and I have to say, they are so cool. They're and fabulous. They're just a fun, they're a fun conversation piece, which I love. You know, I love making a space your own, having a fun conversation piece. Um, kind of the same story with my, with my handles for my refrigerator. Um you we did do a paneled refrigerator and when you do a paneled refrigerator you also have to this is something to think about when you are budget planning is it's not just the cost of the fridge, which is always more expensive to do a paneled fridge, you also have to buy the cabinetry to go in it, and then there's the handles, and you're thinking handles, you know, how, how crazy could this be? It is crazy how expensive handles are. And we had um two of them to buy. It was about eight hundred dollars just for for handles. So That's exorbitant. I think Right, it was. And you know what's crazy is I, I just did it. I bit the bullet. And I'm like, I'm going to order these. And they never came. And then finally, like three months later, they emailed me and said, oh, yeah, those are out of stock. And I just, I, I did something crazy because I was so frustrated that we couldn't open our fridge. Um, and I ended up... Uh, buying these things called um, Solid Brass San Francisco Earthquake Handles. Now remember, I had spent $800 on handles. These were $25 each. And will you put a picture so up on the amazing. show notes because these are cool? I will, absolutely. And if you haven't been on the website Signature Hardware, it's fun just to look because it is. It, it has a lot of really interesting things. And at the end of the day, my kitchen's pretty... Um, Pretty basic. It's the white marble. It's the white kitchen, um, white counter. Um, I'm sorry, white cabinetry. Some butcher block in the island. It's nothing over the top as far as wow, that's really unique. And so, having a few touches that are really unique like that, they're just cool conversation pieces, and it makes it feel more, more like home. And it's always a fun, um, you know, a fun thing to chat about. Why do you have earthquake candles in your fridge?
1: That is so um, you know. cool. And if
0: there's an earthquake, it's also a safety feature. I love that. Just kidding, it's not. <laughs> Don't worry. That is it, absolutely it's silly. Fantastic. But um but I like, you know, it's fun to make a space your own and little things like that. Sometimes sometimes uh, having a budget just helps you be a little bit more creative and um and that's one of those things where it definitely did, and I'm I'm glad, you know, it gives gives us some personality. So uh, it doesn't look just quite like everyone else's. So I like those kind of quirky touches. And I know you are the queen of just finding little ways to make spaces really interesting with quirky things like that. And I'm so excited as this show progresses to to learn all about those little touches in your home too. So I know put I think to my cool show li- um, my cool cargo lights in the um, in the show notes, and then also um, also my earthquake candles. So that's sort of fun.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, anyhow, um, Graham, I'm looking at the clock and I think, as I said, I can talk about kitchens for seven hours, but I think it's almost about time to wrap up, wrap up this episode, but we're going to have to do more on kitchens. We've got to have a kitchen expert back because I want to talk about cabinetry. I want to talk about um, some friends I know who did some DIY cabinets and how it worked out um, open shelving. I mean, there's like endless conversations to have about kitchens and I think there's going to be a lot of them in our future and maybe also how you can do a kitchen update without doing full-blown remodel some ideas for that too
1: Ooh, i love that kind of like a kitchen facelift per se yes because kitchen remodels are no, no no like a kitchen
0: botox just a quick little pop
1: in. oh i like that okay and that's the other thing we're going to try to keep our shows between 30 and 40 minutes and um we're also going to be having um a lot of interviews so we're going to bring in for whatever we don't know we're going to bring in experts to try to just answer our questions your questions we'd love to hear from you
0: yeah so please send us an email with with topic ideas because because we really want to make this useful and fun and um and we're just looking forward to it but i want to wrap up this show with one last quick
1: question graham lightning round what is your favorite kitchen appliance Oh, my favorite kitchen appliance. Okay, lightning round. Off the top of my head, I would have to say my griddle. And I have never had a griddle before, but it kind of came with my stove. You know, that's kind of the thing on the side that you can heat up. And I am the griddler. I love it. It's absolutely fabulous. And you want to know kind of what I like the most about it. It reminds me of being home in New York. We used to eat at a lot of diners. And I always remember these guys, you know, cooking up hamburgers on a griddle or making eggs on a griddle or grilled cheese. And it's so useful and it doesn't dirty any pots, but every time I'm cooking on it, I kind of picture myself in maybe a white apron and one of those little white paper hats, um, you know. That and is kind exactly of one, what I pictured you wearing. Yeah, with circle. with and a I spatula. I you smoking. Yeah, maybe, that's what I was saying, maybe a cigarette dangling out of my lips. That's actually kind of how, you know, maybe a hairnet per se, saying, come on, kids, what do you want next? <laughs> and so I do spend a lot of time cooking for small children and I spend a lot of time melting cheese. I'm so that your children don't eat melted cheese because I feel like all I do is melt cheddar cheese <laughs> so
0: I know a griddle will get no love at my house okay no. what's your favorite answer, I don't know if it's okay I don't know if it's technically an appliance it might fall in the gadget category but I don't care because it is literally changing my life um, I got a spiralizer
1: what? What's, what's a, a spiralizer? We're like, oh, yeah, me too Where have You been? that sounds what's like you can't say that on a family show. What does a spiralizer, a
0: spiralizer do? Spiralizer is something you use to make those zoodles. Otherwise, what's a zoodle? Noodles, but those of us, those of us with spiralizers, know you all know what I'm talking about, right? Um, if you take the zucchini and you twist it, and it comes out looking like noodles, and like okay. last night I did shrimp scampi, only instead of scampi. I had zoodles. It was amazing. Um, My children hate it. I'm not going to lie and be like, now my kids love eating zucchini. They don't. But my husband and I eat zucchini now all the time. So it's really fun. And, you know, I get zucchini now in bulk at Costco and I'm just making my noodles. It's so much fun. So you peel the zucchini
1: with your spiralizer
0: You know what? You might have an Amazon Prime order coming your way with a zoodler.
1: Okay, I love it. Is it electric? I'll link,
0: you know And I would link to my... No, it's, it's a gadget. And I would okay. link to mine, but I actually don't really like mine that much. Um, so,
1: find your... So, there's report. multiple people making these? Okay.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. This is like saying, like, have you heard of Taylor Swift? Yes, the Spiralizer. Where have you been? Okay, yes. Look into the Spiralizers. Graham's going to be back next week with a full report on how she is now a convert to the sparlers as well but it is time for us to wrap this up but please um, if you're listening to this uh, just randomly if you just happen to find us if you just happened to have stumbled upon us thanks for listening and if you are not a subscriber yet please do subscribe if you like the show please leave a comment in iTunes um, and visit the um, home hour where we're going to have all of our show notes and all the pictures of the things we talked about today we're also on Instagram at, at the home hour please follow us and Facebook 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 slash the home hour.
1: All right, we'll see everyone next week.